Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Happy Tuesday, February 20th to you. We're all starting to run together. We need, we need good things to happen in Memphis sports. We need that. We need good things to look forward to. Grizzlies obviously picking it back up on Friday after the All-Star break. We'll continue, hopefully, uh, the rises of Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams Jr. In a season that's maybe not so lost, uh, you've got Tigers getting ready to play tomorrow. We'll certainly talk about Penny Hardaway, what he said last night. Uh, no, John, still out on baby duty. I am joined, though, by executive producer Brad Carson. He's on the ones and twos. Morning, morning, morning. Morning, morning, morning. Hey, it's warming up, brother. We got baseball weather outside. It's 65 today, 70 tomorrow. That's good news. That's right. It's it's baseball season for your son, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it high is. High school baseball season it, picking up. The, the high schoolers are in ding, full swing. Ding, ding, I can hear the, ding, hear the metal yeah. bats, the ding of the metal bats right now. Yeah, I know we, we don't talk about expecting a big it, but... season from Jake? We, is this a big one? It should be, right? I uh, Well, we will see. Uh, everything you're not, in sports you're, you don't want to predict right now. You I want don't, to sit back I don't, and uh, I, I try not increased to increase role. High. Can we, can we, can, do we believe it? He will be on the, uh, the JV team and uh, presumably doing some varsity action as well for Jake. Weiss. That sounds like increased role. Round of applause for Jake. Oh, We're we looking a, forward okay, to his oh, wow. season. Oh, really? And the season at I try to underhype my kid, not overhype it. So, well, that'll be well, the extent of our Jake coverage. You're I think. a smart man to no. do so. I try to do the same with little CJ. Uh, Last he doesn't night. let me post videos even. It's funny. We're, we're going to have a conversation. Maybe we couldn't have with John if he was here because he's too young yes. to remember. But have you seen, and it came out late January, so if, if I'm old to this, forgive yeah. me. Have you seen the We Are the World Netflix Oh, yeah, documentary? I'm all over it. And okay, my wife okay. and I were, so, are obsessed with like it. The, that conversation for me and you <sighs> is different, right? Trying to talk about that with John is one thing, but oh, you and me different. can have that because those, th- those days we were a kid. We were growing up through that. I mean, yeah. it felt like the biggest thing ever, the song and everything. I watched that last night. Oh, so, you so, did? Yes. So you and I can have that so, discussion. There were so many things yes, yes. that I did not know Amen. about that song yes. and the 49 Performers, yes. pop, all yes. of pop, it felt like, other than Prince. Yes. Other than Prince. He was not there. Prince all, was not there, and that was a big part of, pop, of the documentary. Michael Jackson, yeah. Diana Ross, Quincy Jones producing So excited thing. about this. Bob Dylan. 
right? Was there? Yeah, wasn't he? Yes, Bob he, was there. He was in the. He had his own uh, breakout solo, as a matter of fact. Uh, Willie Nelson was Willie there. Willie was in there. And yes. so, if you are if you were in your forties, like Brad, I mean, oh. Brad, me, I mean, that's that's yeah, that was the time. That's part of what got me into radio. If you recall, that song played at the same time on radio stations across America. I did not. It was one of the notes I had. I'd written down. I did not recall that. It was like mm-hmm. yeah, they played it literally all across the world. Same time. apparently at the same, same time. time. Yes. which is crazy because you didn't have the internet. And you'd have phones, you'd have all the podcasts and all. So everybody, you'd use the radio and you'd do these at the same time. When you tell your story later and we talk about it in, in detail. It's weird how the song still holds up. Go ahead. I, I have a Memphis connection in that as well. Really? Yeah, there is a. Uh, Always a Memphis there's connection. There's a Memphis You've got connection. One here. And I will, that's the tease for, for my contribution to your segment. I'm looking forward to that talk. And, yes. and for our listeners that have seen it, we, it'll be a little fun. Stevie Wonder was in there doing a lot of that's work. That's part too. of the Memphis yeah, yeah. connection. Okay, all right. We'll get to it. Uh, Pity Hardaway, we talked about, said on his radio show last night, he's only going to play the guys that have bought in. When the Tigers face Charlotte on Wednesday at 7 p.m. game down at FedEx Forum tomorrow, we'll see if uh, the bought-in guys are, is that six, is it seven? What does the starting lineup look like? Uh, We'll talk about that here in a second. Wednesday's game versus Charlotte is a blackout, Brad. I'm not sure if you knew. Didn't know that. Uh, 49ers come into Memphis having won 11 of 12, and they're currently sitting in second place in these what feel like upside-down AAC rankings, That's right? Fair. It feels like Memphis and, and, and FAU should be at the top. They're not. you got to give credit to the Charlotte team. Second place uh, uh, behind South Florida. And their lone losses in AAC play this year were at SMU uh, to start the year. To, they, they started 0-1 in conference play. Then they lost it. We mentioned it at USF in a game two weeks ago that they should have won. They lost by three. This Charlotte team can absolutely come in here and beat you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll talk about that. Who's going to play for Memphis? Who's not? We'll see. It's franchise tag season in the NFL as the window to uh, tag players opens today, runs through March 5th. ESPN's got a list of most taggable guys. Some some situations don't have guys, really, that you'd, you'd even think about tagging. But we'll talk about a couple of teams that we've got local interest in, the Titans, uh, what's KC going to do? They're going to franchise anybody. We'll talk about that. Uh, interesting story about Bronny in the athletic. Um, I tell you what, we'll, and we'll get to it in, here in a minute this. in cap or no cap. Yeah, really, it, it, it really is just a reality check. Mm. And and whether that's for LeBron, you know, or yeah. or Bronny himself, or really just a sort of, you know, remember, he's coming still off cardiac arrest. Yeah, at one point, major at, health. At one point before, yeah. you know, that incident, he is mocked as a lottery pick. Yeah. No longer. But it, I don't know if you saw the reporting, but last week the Athletics said the Lakers, in, in, in their hopes of keeping LeBron for the rest of his career, are at least uh, uh, open to kicking around the idea of bringing Bronny on next year. Next year. The Athletic reported that earlier this week. And what, what I would, mm. Have you looked at what he's doing at USC? Let I me tell you this. It ain't much. A little bit. And so the Athletics got a story up about that. We got a not new much. NBA mock draft. Right, not much. Yeah, no. And you'd be surprised at how low the numbers are. Bronny's a good player. But not an M- NBA player not right at now. this point. Exactly. Not right now. Right. Had been. Yes. Not right now. Um, they've got other uh, NBA prospects on that team, including Collier. Uh, got a new look, a new mock draft out at ESPN2, NBA mock draft on this one. Mm-hmm. Grizzlies, we mentioned, won't be back in action until Friday. But before all we get to all that, we'll set up the show 1130 or so, like we do every Tuesday. Uh, she's fantastic. We'll talk to Grind City Media's Jessica Benson, host of Jessica Benson Show with the great C.J. Hurt. And host of the Grizzlies pre- and post-game shows here on 929 FM ESPN. We'll talk to her about uh, the All-Star break. Vince Williams Jr., obviously, and uh, everything that is NBA. Obviously, Grizzlies, again, picking it back up on Friday at noon. We'll do the rundown like we always do. 
Then at 125, this very excited about this. Yes. Yeah, a little different than what we usually do on Tuesdays. We'll talk to Brian Hall, head of law school MMA training and head coach of Danny Left Hand to God Barlow, who if you were uh, listening yesterday, you know Danny Barlow got a respect burger for winning uh, first UFC match, won in UFC 298 uh, by technical knockout third round, did it. In the same fight, and apparently in the first round, he breaks his right arm. Still finishes the guy off with that left hand. Left hand to God Barlow. We're going to talk to his trainer, uh, Brian Hall. We've had him on before, and they were both in here late last year when you remember Barlow won the Dana White Contender Series to get this shot. And now he looks like rising star, and Brian Hall's uh, been hugely responsible. We'll talk about it. He's had the law school now for five years, and this is the uh, this could be the one mm. that really breaks out and rises up the UFC ranks. I, and, and and I will tell you this, and 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 uh, Brother Hall can can make sure we're correct on this. I, as far as UFC matches, actual UFC, we got Rampage. Mm-hmm. Remember Jackson out of Memphis, Memphis that was a star there for a while. Yep. I, I'm curious to ask him. I don't know that there have been but uh, more than a handful of Memphians. Guys, you talked about local connections. Yeah. Memphis. Memphis guys that have won at that level. Danny Barlow now joining Rampage. We'll see if there's been any. I, I think there might have been one or two others. We'll ask Brian Hall about that. We'll do that about 125. So that's the show. Plenty to get to. Uh, and usually when we've got so much to get to, we'll do a little cap or no cap. Let's do that. Cap. It means lion, but built different. Now, it's cap. I'm going to say cap. For no cap. I'm going to say that that's no cap. On 92.9's Jason and John Show. Penny Hardaway says at his radio show last night that he's just going to play the guys who are bought in on Wednesday versus Charlotte. Is that cap or no cap? That is no cap. He did say that. He did say that. Uh, the capper, that's what he said, but the capper, no cap, is do you oh, believe is, do him? Do I believe him? Do you believe we'll do see I believe just the guys that are bought in, or will we see the typical 10 to 12 okay, he said when that, available that he's is, got? It is cap that, that we will likely... I think you're catching on to capper, no cap, Brad, after yes. all these years. Yeah, I, think, I know. Yeah, I'm I trying to catch up to the I think, whole I think you are. I, I was... You, I, think I, you believe it's cap? I believe the... Reaction to said statement is cap. I believe he did say that, and I believe it is cap that he will, in fact, play players that probably are not bought in. And, in fact, to that point, probably won't be back next year. Uh, Before I respond to you, I'll read you what he said. It's just too embarrassing to play a game like we did yesterday. This is obviously last night. He's talking about Sunday. We fought in the North Texas game and just couldn't score. But yesterday, it's a lack of effort. That can't happen. That's unacceptable. If you see the guys on the floor on Wednesday, those are the guys that are bought in. The guys that are going to play now, there has to be a care factor about the city and the school. There has to be. There has to be going out there on the court and leaving it all on the line. People get up in arms about how many guys I play. Well, the six or seven guys that are in the rotation usually are the guys that aren't rebounding and aren't really the best defenders. So now you've got to choose offense or defense. And right now, right now, Brad, mm. we want to go to war. We want to fight every possession. Okay. If these guys aren't doing it, You've got to bring in guys in off the. You got to bring in guys in off the bench that are going to do it, and I think that's where the team is. I'm going to go back to what you said. I do think it's a cap because it feels like right now you're going to do whatever you've got to do to win. And as great a message, right, as you feel like it sends, frankly, it's one you'd hope to send early this season and probably needed to needed to. Um, 
it, it can't be about messages right now at this point in the season. It, it, you know, this is a this is a a, a a rallying cry, basically. And and maybe you do see Joe Cooper, who who hats off to him. You know, walk on, goes out there first game, Division One game, and and gives Penny the effort he's looking for. Uh, you know, in a, in a situation where clearly guys have quit on you. One of those guys obviously certainly looked like Quinterly. Nicholas Jordan struggled, didn't get a rebound in the time that he played. He he was another one of those guys. Jaquan Walton has disappeared, and so you've got a number of guys. We went through some of them yesterday that have. It feels like weren't part of, we're, we're part of the quitting now. Penny didn't name those guys, and we're speculating here, but but obviously we're hitting on some among those that we've put out there. I don't know that you can win this game just playing the guys, Joe Cooper, David Jones. You know, say say Nicholas Jordan isn't among them right now. I don't know if you can win this game doing that. And right now they have to win at all costs. And so from that stand, and and we know too, Penny has said, "Hey, I've got a top eight. I need to stick with it." Right. Doesn't. Right, Penny said, "I need to cut it down, man. These got the, you know, I I, I got to cut, and 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 hasn't. And so there's that too. Mm-hmm. There there's there's the mo, you know, right. the sort of the way Penny operates, and and we know that too to be a deal where he can't stick with six or seven. Right, and 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 so you you add that factor in, you're gonna see Javon Quinterly, right? Because you figure you're gonna need him at some point in this game to win. What I just tell you about Charlotte, they won 11 of 12, only lost two AAC games. You're looking up at them." And so as much as I tell you, yeah, I'd love to symbolically, you keep in just six, seven guys that care, and maybe, you know, it's the guys for next season. Yeah, I could, you know, because I tell you, and I did yesterday, the way this season's looking, a lot of this might be just trying to salvage what you, what you focusing on what you're bringing back and trying to develop that. Penny ain't in that mode yet, though. You see this. You hear the words. He's still in fight mode. And so for those reasons, Brad, I think ultimately, what, yes, new starting lineup probably, but whether it's two minutes in, four minutes in, whatever else, I do think eventually he will go back to the guys that he brought in here, that he paid NIL a great deal to, to come in here and do the job. And and whether that's good enough to win or not, I, I'll, I'll tell you, because I ain't holding out much hope here that they're going to go on some miraculous 5-0 and run here to finish the regular season. Right, you know what's what's even more disappointing? Florida Atlantic ain't even ranked anymore. We didn't. I guess the rankings came out yesterday. We knew they were going to drop out after this previous loss, but that, but you know, after we, we saw it this weekend, but that game, like we talked about yesterday, was once circled. You figure this is the this is the start of the two game battle for the conference. Yeah, sure, it's still I, I believe a quad one opportunity for you, but it, you know, getting a quad one. You know, getting this opportunity against Charlotte on Wednesday doesn't necessarily, doesn't improve your at-large position whatsoever. You got to run the table, maybe get to a championship game. Maybe if you lost here in the conversation, I don't even believe it. I've, I've, you know where I'm at. Uh, frankly, it's about at this point. Looks like winning four games in four days to win the AAC tournament in a couple of weeks is what you're going to have to do. So, from that standpoint, Penny Hardaway feels like is going to fight and he's going to throw everything he's got at it, like he always has. Listen. I, I, I can feel his frustration in the, the tone of his voice. I mean, he was cursing after this last loss. That, the frustration is obvious at this point. And that's good. As, as a, if you're a fan of the program, right, and you want to see Penny get this fixed, you just want it fixed, period, whether you like Penny or you don't. You don't want to, you don't want to see this. Right? You've, you've, got, you, you've, you've got a man who is clearly waking up and feeling this in his stomach. He wants to fix it. I think what frustrates us all, right, is that right now it feels like he's sort of out of answers. You're going back. He's going back. I mean, we went back to now's the time to fight. You, you were doing that a couple of games ago when, you, you, you know, you're still losing games. And so 
but 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 I'll go back to it. Hopefully that frustration leads to change. You haven't seen much of an indication that there's going to be a great shakeup. I, maybe this lineup thing is it. I'm talking about defensively, where they've just sort of continued to do the same thing. Hopefully, born out of this frustration, to, to get to my point here, is some change. More so than just a starting lineup, because I don't think I, I, I don't buy into this idea that, hey, I can just roll with five, six bought-in guys. Yeah, that's great. It's great for the media. It's great for fans, because that's some of them what they want to hear. They want to see. But this is, it, whether it's in approach, whether it's in the way that you coach the rest of the season, the urgency level's got to be as high, right, as, as you're making it out to be on your radio show and everything else. And you'll you'll do whatever you got to do to do it. Well, and in theory. I mean, you got to salvage as much out of this season at this point as you can. And, again, if that's, that's yes, finding some guys that, that you think are part of this thing next year, sure. But you're also trying to, you're trying to win games here. Penny can't afford for this thing to continue to just spiral out of control. Yeah, I mean, to that point. What if you start the game down 20 with the guys that have bought in? I mean, that that would change my mindset if I'm the coach and I'm watching this go down because they're See, just— See, he can't afford you know, that because, no. again, with that, that that's on, it, it's all great coach speak and everything else, but you, you, go down, you get down 20, Brad, and this thing continues, and you've got more people that are jumping off the Penny bandwagon that are jumping off the Memphis it's bandwagon gets worse. that are going to demand greater change than something on the court for Penny right. that are going to want to change at the, at the spot. That doesn't mm-hmm. help you doesn't if you're help. the head coach. So eventually, you get back to throwing everything you've got at it, right? right? Again, appreciate you know Penny's frustration level. I know he wants to get this fixed. The, the job now is to deliver on that. Uh, Charlotte is still a team that you look at from a Ken Palm standpoint. They've, they've got Memphis projected to win, five-point five point win. It's a team you should beat. It's likely going to be favored, and yeah. you're at home. But what is the confidence level right now for us in this Memphis team? It feels like you could go out there again because, and again, I, I'm not – I'm not absolving the players here. I, right. I, I saw no, a little bit not. of flack yesterday about, oh, man, you're just going in on – what about Javon Quinley sitting yeah. down or whatever else? When are we going to get on the players? You can get on all of them. Sure. But the buck goes back to Penny. It stops back with him. And since we're always going to end up there, Brad, right? right? Yep. that's where the bulk of the conversation is going to take place. Yep. How do you fix it, Penny? How do you deliver how do you salvage something out of this season to give enough people belief? Sort of what Ryan Silverfield did. Right. You know, yeah. I, yes, he won ten games, and you'd put that up there. What's it only been done four or five times? Mm-hmm. But winning that bowl game, oh, that and was winning it. the way they did, finishing the way Memphis did, right? What did it do? It inspired hope for next season. It put you in a spot where yes, people now are excited about Memphis football going into next year. To whatever degree you can, Penny's got to pull that out of this season. Mm-hmm. Because it, it, you see right now the way he's talking, the way he's fighting, whether it's his own players, whether it's media, he says he's a target. I would tell you that's more national than it is. That's fair. It's more national than it is local. It's got to be I, I national. I would tell you locally he's protected oh, because totally, of who he is. Totally protected. That's, that's, the, that's the reality, that's, that's Chip. That's facts. He's protected that's here. Facts. That's facts. Do you remember when we had we, – Pat Forty wasn't one of those believers early on in Penny. That's right. And we were and especially and, and a lot of it was resentment because of yes. the way Memphis had done Tubby Smith. That's right. But Pat Forty wasn't going to give Penny a chance. He said this was a circus. And you remember when we had him on a few years in? When we when he came on, yeah. what we said? We we're like, Pat, do you see what Penny's doing? What do you think? What do you think? That that's that local media protection. That's a and, and what did it, to Pat's credit at the time? What did he say? So I'm bought in. Penny yeah, can he, coach. He changed it. But that was the local media yep. taking him. their guy yeah. and saying, Hey, what do you think now? Right. Penny is protected locally. He's he's not a target locally. And and any local criticism for media is only becoming is only coming because of the result. Because of the product you're putting out there right now. And so hopefully, Brad, this this frustration that I know is real, 
This, you know, that that part of it leads to real change. But again, we're, the problem is there is nothing you can say right now that's going to convince people, fans, media that's watching this team that it's going to get better. The only place you can fix it is on the floor. That's where the answers come. Okay. Yep. So I'm. So I'm. I, I I love the sentiment. Let's just play the guys that are bought in right now. But frankly, it's all hands on deck. Whatever the hell you yeah, got to do. Exactly Hopefully, right. you can get a Javon Quinley that's locked in for forty minutes. Because no, you need he, him. He he's hurting you. Yep. Well, next you one. You need the right one. Yep. Uh, Kelvin Sampson is going to win the Big Twelve regular season title in Houston's first year in the AAC. Is that? Excuse me. In the Big Twelve. Yep. Is that cap or no cap? That is no cap. I mean, Kelvin Sampson is killing it at Houston again. Last night, they get a huge win at home, 73-65. Houston, the number two team in the country, beats Iowa State 73-65 in that game, handles them. Uh, Jamal Shedd, 26 points in this one. And there's something I want to get to. That, that It's it's no cap. I think they're going to win. This this gave them sole possession. Yep. This is their first year coming over from the AAC. Yep. Penny knocked off this team in the tournament last year. This Houston team, a lot of the same guys. Yes. Back to the point, though. This Houston team has been phenomenal in its first year. It's all because of Kelvin Sampson and the culture and, and, and the way it doesn't change from year to year. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. Jamal Shedd, though, was awesome. 26 points. We said it. Uh, number two, Houston now sole possession of first place in the Big 12 uh, at 10-3. and three. Iowa State is now 9-3. and three. Kelvin Sampson, I can't say enough good things about. It's another guy that it seemed like, an OG, that it felt like, Penny had earned his respect because of how well he had played yep. against Houston and everything else. This dude's a goat. The way he it doesn't matter what conference you're in. Hell, there were you know coming out of the AAC the last few years. The one thing they could say about you was, man, you're not playing anybody in conference. Now look at what he's doing. He's running through the Big Twelve in the first year, and 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 at the end of it, when they talked to Kelvin Sampson, and this is the reason why I believe he's going to win the Big Twelve regular season title in his first year. They're they're number one rated at Ken Palm, by the way. I think they're, they they're, should be. They're number yeah. one. They're number one defensively, and I think fifteenth offensively. But the thing he said afterwards really struck me, and, and especially as it relates to the situation here with Penny and Memphis and the, the situation they find themselves in now. Toughness. Well, there's that. You're right. That's part of their culture. But with Shed Jamal oh, Shed, yeah, who is yeah, now starring for them, yeah, he's been in that program for four years. Yeah, he's waited his turn for this. And if you've listened to us. Because, we're, I mean, these Houston teams have always been good. good. If you've listened to anybody, pay attention to college basketball, Houston at all, and how could you not with the, the runs that they've made the last few years, you remember that it's sort of been that way for years now. Where a guy that's been there, it's his turn to step up. Before Shed, it was Marcus Sasser, remember? And I Damn. went back, and before Sasser, it was Quentin Grimes and Caleb Mills. Now, Caleb Mills ends up moving on. Before Grimes and Mills, it was Corey Davis, Armani Brooks. But my point is, they stay in the program. They come up. They, they see the culture. They learn the culture. They get entrenched in the culture. And then when it's their time to step up, they're ready to rock to a point where you can leave the AAC, go to one of the best conference, basketball conferences in the country, and put yourself in a position to win it immediately after the It's phenomenal. Crazy. But back to the point. Yep. That's what Penny needs more of. When we start going back to roster construction and finding the sweet spot, this tri- and we know it. We know it. We see it. You, you overcome. You went too far in terms of the one-year guys. Penny, would, I'm sure, would tell you that at this point. You've got to get more of these guys in here. This is how you keep the culture. And even through bad years, it's still there. Or uh, say, I, I should say up and down years because Houston doesn't have bad years. No. But what you do, you'll run into problems. You'll have injury. Guys transfer out. Houston's lost some guys, whether it was Caleb Mills, Tremont Mark, 
was one of those guys we thought was going to come up for a while then pay his due. He transferred out, but the culture keeps them where they are, and a lot of it is having those guys in between that are multiple-year guys. You know, DeAndre Williams was that. You can get these transfers that have got two or three years. Maybe a Jalen Young or somebody that's here now becomes that for you, but you got to get more guys like that because that's how you keep the culture. That's how you keep the fallback when you hit tough times. That's what th- This team hit tough times. Everything fell apart. You know, and that, that's that's obviously what's missing. But shout out, man, to Kelvin Sampson and uh and to what Houston's doing. Real quick though, before we get to to Jessica Benson, Bronny James will play for the Lakers next season. Cap or no cap? And and before you answer, I'm just I'm gonna throw you this. The Athletic reported this week that in an attempt to secure the elder James's services, father's services for the immediate future, the Lakers are quote willing to explore the notion of adding Bronny James next season. So that's the only place I think he would end up if he does, but I'm going to say that is cap. I mean, he's not ready for the NBA, and I think it would be foolish to bring him into a program before he's ready. Bronny James is averaging 5.7 points this season. Yeah. His career high is 11. I mean, there you go. He's not ready. He's not ready. And while I'm sure there's a way... And he's had a major cardiac situation, which makes him a red flag. That's that's the other thing. No NBA team would draft him under those health circumstances, ever. Exactly. None. They they don't need to push this, rush this. No. LeBron needs to allow his son to to bake. Right. He needs to allow his son, who's coming off this, you know, cardiac arrest incident, but but incident, we pray he's going to be healthy, but obviously needs more development now. It's not just that and hoping that he's healthy. You know, and an NBA team is at some point investing in him and everything else. You're hoping to, he's past that, hopefully. But it's his development. It's the fact that he's not ready right now. And if you brought him into a situation like the Lakers next year where you didn't make him the 15th guy or you put him on a two-way or whatever else, everybody knows what it is coming off of a year where he's only averaging 5.7 points. You're actually doing the kid a disservice by rushing it. You're doing a kid, the kid a disservice. And that's LeBron doing your son a disservice. So allow him to bake, right? Allow him to develop. Uh, because, again, I know the dream is to have him, to play with him, to do what the Griffies did, you know, you know, ha- have him on your squad. I mean, what, you know, it would, it, it, it's like it, it would be such a topper to LeBron's career. It speak to the longevity, right, the fact that he could play that long where your son comes up and plays alongside you. It's a great dream, but, but don't rush Bronny's development. Don't mess this up. His time, his dream of, of staying, not just getting the NBA, but staying there right. by forcing this thing where you're on the same team with him. He, LeBron is nearing the end. Bronny may still get there in a couple of years, but don't, don't rush this thing where you, because you cheat the kid. Yes. I, I a, lot, a lot of kids need more time. This one's obvious that Bronny does, so let it be, man. I just let Bronny it. come up on his own. I was here. thinking of Jordan because he had two kids that played basketball. They weren't as good as Bronny, but one of them played at Illinois. I mean, it would have been interesting if the, the old goat Jordan would have said, hey, can we have Marcus come on and be part of the Bulls for me to stay? LeBron's got, I mean, the fact that the Lakers are even kicking this around just shows you how much power LeBron has. Exactly. And, and that, that, you know, the, the notion you want, it, you want him to finish as a Laker and you're willing to bring his son on who ain't even close it's to ready right now. It, I mean, it just shows you the power of LeBron. It does. But LeBron needs to take a step back here and understand that. That's right. We, we, we get it. It's a great dream. But don't, but don't I don't want to say ruin your kid's future, but certainly the by bringing him in yeah. too early, you could, you could stunt the development. He would tell you, well, he's under me and he's under the Lakers and our development will be better than anybody else's. So really, that's that's me being back in control. Let him live his own thing, man. 
let it let, let him do it let him do it the way that it, whatever destiny decides um, but no, I think it's Cap that he'll be playing for the Lakers next season. Yeah, He's right. not ready. It sends a terrible message to the rest of the team, especially if he was on a standard contract, which I just I can't even see him getting drafted at this point. So we'll see. We'll see what Jessica Benson thinks. Uh, obviously, Jessica Benson, host of the Jessica Benson Show with C.J. Hurd. You should be locked into that. We'll ask her about that. We'll ask her about All-Star Weekend, all things Grizz. We'll do that. When we get back, you're listening to Jason and John, 929FM. Yes. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Jessica Benson is the host of the Jessica Benson Show with C.J. Hurd at GrindCityMedia.com, one of our favorite segments of the week. She's also host of the Grizzlies pre- and post-game shows here. You can follow her on Twitter at JessBensonTV. Jess, I hope you had a good weekend. What you? What was the highlight for you of All Star Weekend? Because we only got three oh. from Vince. We had, you know, we we kind of knew going in Vince was it was going to be. You know, probably a short run for him. <laughs> a short stint, yeah. a short, uh, a cup of coffee at the All Star Weekend before he could get into the rest of his time off. Yeah. No, I thought it was great that he was represented. Period. Me which too. Was nice. I took a little weekend vacation to Austin, so I had to be very mm-hmm. intentional with how I chose to watch and consume the All Star Game. And I'll tell you, the only thing that I had circled and starred that I wanted to be at a screen, no matter what, for was the Steph Sabrina three-point competition. Me too. And I thought that it lived up to its expectations because there were stakes, right? Like that's when we're talking about the oh, failure seems like such a big word, but the, the struggles with the NBA All-Star Weekend, so much of it has to do with the fact that there aren't actual stakes. And when it came to Sabrina and Steph, like there were very real things at play. Both of them put themselves in a position where if they had failed tremendously, um, the discourse would have been insufferable. And instead... Uh, It was a valiant competition. Sabrina rose to the moment, shot from the NBA three-point line, which took away one more uh, thing that people could have harped on, except for Kenny Smith. But most people would have harped on her not shooting from the NBA three-point line if she had lost and gone and gotten blown out or if she had found a way to win. Um, And instead, she removed as many of those kind of variables as possible and proved that shoot or shoot, whether you're a man, a woman, whatever it is, like you can just kind of be an incredible shooter, and you have two of them in Steph and Sabrina. The All-Star game itself, I watched 10 minutes of, told myself I was on vacation, and said, I do not have to watch every second of it. And that was beautiful. 
Let's go back to what you said because I touched on that yesterday. You got our disrespect, dog. What what was up with Kenny Smith? Well, like what what are you so what are you weird. saying, bro? It was so weird. And and to me, usually he's the voice of reason on the crew that's got Charles Ernie Shaq. And and yesterday we called it, it was like Reggie Miller was having to be that for Kenny. I just didn't understand what point he was trying to make. Like you just said, it's more impressive, bro, that she's shooting from the three point line. And it's been two strikes for Kenny in the last week because he made the weird comment about the Memphis Grizzlies when they were shorthanded against the Bucks. that could that team beat the UConn men's basketball team? Oh, yeah. I, and I was, that was strange. And then this one, so I'm like, man, you gotta, you got to get back in my good graces at this point. But even going as far as bringing up like the difference between men and women golfers men's and how there's men's tees, tees and yeah. women's tees, like, if the woman can drive at 300 yards, guess what? She loves to show off because she can play from the men's teams too. Like That happens often in rounds of golf being played across the country. I don't know. For me, it was just such a lack of understanding of the importance of that moment. Yes, at the end of the day, it's a silly little three-point contest, and it doesn't have to be the end-all to be-all. However, it hadn't happened before, and we don't have a lot of opportunities where men and women are facing off in right. athletic events, and especially in a position where you know they are both equipped to succeed. And instead of focusing on that and how you could even take what they were able to do on All-Star Weekend and perhaps grow it into something that is further celebrated and a must-watch event that consists of you know, some of the biggest names in the WNBA perhaps moving forward being a part of the NBA weekend, instead of playing into all of the good, it was such a weirdo move to turn it into that. It so I, I just thought it was very disappointing. You know, yesterday, all the talk was how do you fix the, the competitiveness of the All-Star yep. game. Obviously, uh, Silver was clearly disappointed and should have been. He had promoted, hey, this is going to be more competitive, and he gets, you know, you get that. So, And I was of the, after listening to him Monday morning, the Brian Windhorse sort of train of thought that, man, just throw some money at it. Like, that's what these yeah. players say they want, and, and the NBA's got it, so just throw it at them. But the more I've thought about it, the more I've come to, to sort of this question. I mean, do, do you find it at all off-putting that the, the player sentiment seems to be, hey, just give us more? I mean, they are, I mean, they are making, you know, monster salaries as it is, and, you know, you, you've, you know you've incentivized in-season tournament, everything else. Is it, is it off-putting at any, in any way to you that, you know, these entertainers say, you know, for us to go out here and really put on a competitive, the competitive show you want, throw us more money. Yeah. It, and I, is it uncomfortable? Ugh. Uncomfortable, like, yeah. No matter, yeah. no matter what, it's uncomfortable. Like, it kind of is the money, more I think about money it. Money makes the world go round, right? It certainly makes our biggest industries go round, and sports is a giant industry in its totality, and the NBA is included in that. If they did have added financial incentives, I would love for some of it to go to charities of various choices. Mm -hmm. So there was at least an altruistic element to it. But at the end of the day, like it is more work. It's a long season. It's an 82 game season. You've added the in-season tournament, which, which yes, fits into the already structure of the NBA season, but it's just more. And what happened with that when they added money at the end of it, the players cared, the players played hard. It gave them something to focus on. Um, and I understand the business of All-Star Weekend, too. It's not like all these guys are just sitting around waiting for the big game. It's, it's constant. And that sounds, from somebody who's not making NBA money, and I understand how people can roll their eyes and be like, oh, seriously, you're asking for more? But it is a job, and it is added 
things on top of an already very demanding job. So perhaps that is what it will take going forward. It's not going to make everybody comfortable, absolutely. But at the end of the day, if it creates a competitive product, I feel like that would be a win at this point. If you're a dollar per defensive play, let's go. (laughs) Whatever it takes. I I saw this morning where... Uh, and certainly, uh, our, our praying for his family. Where Jai, you know, talked about losing his his aunt. That was like the latest from him on social media. Yeah. But before that, we saw from All Star Weekend, someone had said, "Just pay Jai," and he does the old emoji where he's sort of thinking about it. And we probably ask you some version of this question every year, just after the dunk contest. But I mean, is there? N- there's a part of me that says, "Jai, stop teasing. If you're not, you know, if you, you know, if you're not gonna, ever going to do it, then then don't play with us or whatever else." But I I, I ask the question now. Because we have seen an all-star, you know, come back and do this this weekend in Jalen Brown. And I just wonder, because his, his performance wasn't great, but he kind of opened the door, if that does sort of take some pressure off of the next all-star that, that decides to do this. Like, I'm sure Ja was looking at Jalen Brown and said, oh, man, I'd absolutely crush, you know, what he did, you know, whether he's ever going to do it or not. But my point is, do you think Jalen Brown doing it takes any pressure off, whether it's a Ja or an Anthony Edwards uh, off of the next all-star doing it. And, and frankly, with that, and if you threw some money at it, if we could get him out there. I wish that it would. And I know a lot of people dunked on, no pun intended, Jalen Brown. Um, but I give him Me too. total props for going out there. Like, thank you, Jalen Brown, for giving us a name. Because for real. as fun of a little story as it is, uh, eight-time NBA dunk contest winner Mac McClung just isn't going to move the needle, right? Like, it's <laughs> yeah, just not right. – at the end of the day, everyone's going to get real sick that's of awesome. Mac McClung. And I do think, you know, when you're talking about things that could save the weekend itself, perhaps you don't focus immediately on, on the game that seems to have lost the plot and lost all of the defense. But you could make those events sing a little bit more. And how would you do that if John Morant participated in the dunk contest? So I've said, you know, pay him whatever – Whatever he asks for, blank check. Yep. Say, you do this dunk contest, we'll do this. You know the people at Nike would be amped. The NBA oh would be gosh. amped. Oh, my gosh. Him and Anthony Edwards. Him and Anthony Edwards. Give me Victor Webinyama. Oh. Like... I'd, yeah, I'd, yeah, with his long, his long, I'm sure he could come up with something we haven't seen, Victor. Just something Daniel. weird, right? Although he barely, ha- he barely has to jump even just to just to dunk the ball. We're talking, of course, to Jessica Benson of Grind City Media. All right, turning you to the the Grizzlies. What do you want to see most out of this 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 second half? It's not really a half, but it's the it's the stretch run of the season in terms of this this coming back from the break. What you can pull out of this year is—is is it seeing Brandon Clark come back, get a little run, and feel like, hey, I, I feel great about him next season? You know, GG and Vince's continued in terms of of, ne- of the rest of this season. What do you want to see most? Yeah, of all the players who have been sitting on the bench as of late, I think the most interesting thing we'll be seeing if and when Brandon Clark returns to this team, just because it's it's a tough injury. And for me personally, as a fellow Achilles warrior, nothing will make me happier than seeing Brandon Clark get back on the basketball court playing the game that he loves. Um, But then the other piece of it is, and you know, we've talked about it so ad nauseum, but it, it, it shouldn't get old because it really is what makes this a silver lining season as opposed to a lost season mm-hmm. is the continued development and seeing Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. consistently uh, perform at the rates that we've seen them thus far over these last 26 games. And if you can get Desmond Bainan back in the mix, if you can get Marcus Smart back in the mix, then you're able to see Gigi and Vince maybe play in positions that will ultimately be positions in minutes-wise more natural to, to what they could be for this team next season. But you just really put a focus on the developmental side of things, and I think the team is very comfortable in that place, and it's easy to be comfortable when you're getting – 
performances like those of which we have seen so far. So I think, you know, you can, it gets a little old being like, oh, developmental, developmental. But there will be times where we have moments like Gigi Jackson and even Zaire Williams having 27 points each against the Bucks. Like those will come over these next handful. 20-plus games. It, it feels like, too, Jess, that's, that so much hinges now, and, and it is, it's a little bit weird saying it, but so much does hinge, and, and I guess Kleiman indicated this, that on that, you know, what that draft pick is and whether you're mm. using it yourself to, you know, get a, a, a center or, or trading it to go upgrade at that position. Maybe it's not used to, to upgrade the center position, but it seems like we all feel like in some way you're going to have to do that. That, again, it, to me, that guy is key, is the key because it, it feels like one through ten, you know, that you could you can almost see it out. That looks like a yep. contender on paper, and so it, does it feel the same way to you that I, I guess postseason here, once we get to you know that lottery, that this is this is really the key right here for me. It feels like towards finding that you know that center that that I want to put yeah. next to Jaron. What about you? There's there's one hole. On this That's roster. it, right? It's one hole, and it's that. It really is. If you're looking at it as a puzzle piece and with the eyes on next season, the only thing truly missing from that puzzle right now is a center. So how do you go between, you know, potentially looking at options within the draft or packaging that pick and being able to utilize some of the players who are currently on this roster? Do they perform at a rate that increases their value throughout the season? How does that all transpire to give the Grizzlies the opportunity to get the right fit at that center position to play alongside of Jaron Jackson Jr. And we can just call them front court partners, whatever you want it to be, with Brandon Clark coming off the bench. Um, and you look at that, and you're right. They are a contender on paper. And that's where when you when the patience runs thin through the rest of the season and there will be times where you just think to yourself, man, I really thought we were prepping for a long postseason run this year. If, if you're able to keep the focus on next season, I, I truly do think there's legitimate reason to be very excited for what's to come. And no question. If you if no Grizzlies in playoffs this year, and, and maybe the, I already know the answer to this, but it's personal question, no right answer. Is there a team that you would adopt in the NBA playoffs oh. with Grizzlies out? Would you just jump on Golden State and whatever run they make with Chris? Would you would you would you <laughs> take a nice answer. It, it's a nice answer. Or, or is there is there somebody else that's sort of got your eye and maybe you like a couple of their players a lot? Um, honestly, that feels like a very stressful answer, Jason, because I don't think the Golden State Warriors will go very far, no, even if they like manage it. to finesse their way through a play-in tournament. Um, you know, it's funny. I really like the Thunder, but there's this increasing beef between the Grizzlies and the Thunder, especially on Twitter slash X. And so it feels a little daunting to, to even step into that territory, but they're fun. There's also a... A difficulty there because they are the new young hot team, and there's a yep. semblance of there's always someone younger than you waiting in the wings to come and usurp your position, and it feels as if that's been the Thunder's role this year. But I like them, and listen, I'll, I'll always my hometown team, the Denver Nuggets, because I love Nikola Jokic, and any chance we have to watch him, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, how hard is it to talk in in your job right now? Uh, to talk Tigers right now, Tigers basketball. Oh my God, I was. It's a little rough out here in these streets. So, I was so grateful to have one day to let everything simmer because <laughs> right, whew, right. nobody's happy. No, it's, it's rough in these Tiger Town streets talking about that about that thing. You might get hit by something. I did yesterday. So you're coming down too hard on Penny. Get out of here. Oh. The show sucks. It's such a it's, it's such like, a it's, tricky conversation here in Memphis and there's so many layers to it and I think the biggest is always 
that Penny Hardaway means so much to the city, period. And that's why it's real when there's yes. a season like this that is incredibly disappointing, and Penny Hardaway is the head coach of that team that is incredibly disappointing and put together the roster that is failing to execute to a level that would take this team not just to the NCAA tournament, but the second weekend of the NCAA tournament. And now you're thinking, oh, we might not even sniff the first weekend of the NCAA tournament or a first four situation. Um, there's blame to place. You have to be able to place some blame without treating it as an indictment on the person, right? right. But I think sometimes right. that gets lost here because there's a lot of emotions around that person. But ultimately, it's just been such a bummer to see everything dissipate in the way that it has over the last month in terms of what could be and all the excitement around that to now just saying, well, they could still win the AAC tournament, <laughs> but probably so not. Right. Uh, man, I know. I've been there. I've said those words. It's just, it is so tough right now. So, yeah. um, but you, you are so great at it, whether you've got to do that or or whatever else we ask you about. We so much appreciate these Tuesday hits. Oh, with you, you just, too. Thank you. Thanks, and if, hey, if you Have see if you see John in these Memphis media streets somewhere, you just uh, tell him we miss him. <laughs> I'll let okay? him know. Yeah, tell him we I'll miss him. I'll let him know on TikTok. I'll send out a TikTok bat signal. <laughs> thank you, Jess. She is yep. Jessica Benson. Bye. Yep. Make sure you're locked in to the Jessica Benson Show with CJ Hertz on grindcitymedia.com. Uh, also does the pre- and post-game shows for us and the Grizzlies. Uh, she's so talented. Uh, really appreciate those hits. Was talking about yeah, it actually with Sane yesterday. How much, uh, how great Jess is. Whatever you throw at her, she just, she always, she, she can. And what she does is open up another doorway that you hadn't thought about. Usually with her answer. The answer I really enjoyed was we have to be able to, uh, you know, maybe look at the blame, not blame, but to hold somebody accountable without putting an indictment on somebody when it comes to Tiger basketball. But we can't do that because what it is is. Even you, you were 15-2, you're number 10 in the country, but you've lost six of nine. Now you suck as a coach. Now you can't coach, right? That's right. what it's what we, it's sort of the nature, and it's not just Memphis, but it's sort of the nature of fandom. It's also the nature of, I'll be honest with you, it's the nature of the media now. That's fair. Because again, so much up. of the media now is analysis. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and the us telling you it's working or it ain't. Yes or no. Right. You know, a uh, uh, major success or major disaster, right? Right. It's never. It's never right. in there. That's fair because you, you you're calling it every day. Yeah. And you, and and folks want to know the outcome right mm-hmm. now. They want to know what it is, and so it's crazy how we've gone from. We just talked about the incident with you know Penny. I think had won over most of the national media with how we performed the last two years and the first half of this year. Guys like Pat for the the maybe the last holdout nationally on Penny Hardaway, the coach that I can think of was Jeff Goodman. Right. Because everybody else it felt like had come over. Jeff was Alaska, but still quite has he Jeff's major thing was has he done enough right. for that program? Mm-hmm. That program's used to winning at a higher level. Has Penny done enough? And what we would tell him is, you know, prior to this, you know, the bottom dropping out, was he's been he's building towards that. Sure. Cal had his first five years, had been in the NBA, had been a college coach, obviously a, a, a seasoned coach. First five years looked exactly like Penny. So you'd make the case to even Goodman, the last holdout that this looks good for the first five for a guy who was a grassroots AAU, then a high school coach, having to learn how to be a college basketball coach. So, so you had that going for you. He had changed minds back to that point. But here we are, Brad, just a month after you were 15-2 sure. and two going to that South Florida game, and now it's about can he do the job? Is he a, can he even coach? So that's it's the nature mm-hmm. of things that sometimes I find myself frustrated with because it does. It feels like we were just saying Penny's got this coaching thing licked. 
right? We were just saying it. I don't think I don't think it was a mirage guy. I mean, I've, I've heard Giannato say it too. I mean, he's one of the ones that, you know, even through this stretch of six and nine, I still feel like Penny can coach college basketball. You can be a good, you can be a, a good to solid coach, right, and have a bad season, the bottom dropout. That's what it appears. But what is clear, though, is that what's missing right now with the way you're doing things is the fallback. There's not an identity to fall back on, right? Defensively, it had been that, right? Going hard, turning teams over. With this personnel, you can't do it. You have to find a way that you keep enough year to year. We just used the Kelvin Sampson example. You keep enough in between year to year that that culture remains. That guys who learned it get their shot. You got to have a few of them. I ain't saying stop getting one of your guys. Look at what Kendrick Davis did for you last year. There's a place for those guys, but he swung too far the other way this year in building this roster. And so you've got to find and and so I guess the the next question is how do you do that? Right? Get guys in you, that takes a while. Right? That that didn't just happen in one season. So next year you got to hope that with whatever you're pulling out off of this team, we'll see if you can talk David Jones into coming back with the you know the professional opportunities he may or may not have, but um, right now, to me, it's about salvaging, again, what's their next season so that you're not building from scratch that culture. You've got enough this year to remember, okay, well, this is the way we play defense, you know. And so, you know, that's the next step for, for Penny Hardaway. Now, he tell you the next step's against Charlotte, and all that's true. I, I'm, not, I'm not writing off the rest of the season in the sense that, you know, Memphis can't do something special here, go to the AAC tournament, win the thing. Four, days in, four games in four days, which it looks like the spot they're going to be in because it doesn't look like they'll be a top-four seed where you do three and three. That's, that's, that's doable. But right now, more of my focus is on how do you get it back? Ryan Silverfield didn't win the AAC this year, okay? I was disappointed in that. But he did win ten games. He won every game he was supposed to. And what it allowed him to do is turn down the temperature a little bit on his spot, on his seat, and especially with the way that he finished. And so you get to 10 wins, and I tell you, there ain't many damn good ones in there, save for that Liberty Bowl win, okay? But he didn't lose to the teams he wasn't wasn't supposed to lose to. And so now he's created some optimism, some hope, something to look forward to. How does Penny get that next year when it's gotten this bad? He can do it, but it can't just be coach speak. It can't be speeches about Memphis basketball because you're not in a position right now where anybody, Brad, anybody knows what that means on this team. The only people know what that means is Jaden Hardaway and Malcolm Dandridge. They're the only two that heard those speeches before. So how do you get it back? I mean, we're all rooting for them, but yes, man, it's, it's, it's grim right now. It's uncomfortable to talk about, and a big part of it is just like Jess said. It's because he's Memphis. It's because he's one of us. Because he's poured his, his, his heart and soul into that thing. And it's ugly right now. Oof. Ugly. We got much more to do. Second hour, we'll do the rundown. Third hour, you'll want to stick around for this. Uh, we're going to have Brian Hall, the trainer of Danny Left Hand to God Barlow, the new uh, rising UFC star out of Memphis, uh, the man who put it all together, sort of molded Danny, Brian Hall. We're going to talk to him at 125. Man, out of law school, been open for five years. Any of y'all out in these... You know, uh, Danny Barlow, former athlete over Westwood High School, played a little basketball, didn't come out of there thinking, 
Yeah, he'd been in some fights in the streets. Sure. But didn't come out of there thinking necessarily he could be the next UFC star. He posted the uh, x-ray, by the way, just while you guys were doing that interview. Did he? It's definitely broken. He's, he posted a picture of it broken half, like Brian, right in the middle. Brian Hall, when, when Danny Barlow walked into that, that, that training facility, Brian Hall saw star. And he's helped mold Danny Barlow into oh, yeah. a star. Once Danny's all healed up, we're going to hopefully get <laughs> yeah. him in studio and everything else. Or at, or in the process of healing, we can get him in studio. Uh, but for now, we're going to talk to his trainer. They got a huge win in UFC 298 over the weekend. As Brad said, he did it with a broken uh, right arm. It's pretty incredible. Brian Hall will tell us, uh, tell us all about the fight, the weekend, and everything else. About 125, third hour. So we got a lot more to do. You listen to Jason and John, 92.9 FM, ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.